Blog Talk Radio. Today's lesson is titled Judging Right Judgment. Say that. Judging Right Judgment. The text is from the lips of Jesus, St. Matthew, the seventh chapter, the first through the fifth verses. I'm going to have you shout it back at me for emphasis as I shall read. Judge not. Judge not. My goodness. Just those first two words could constitute a whole sermon. Let's start it again. And I want you to thunder it back at me. And remember, as I said, that these are the words of Jesus. Judge not. Judge not. That ye be not judged. That ye be not judged. For with what judgment ye judge. For with what judgment ye judge. Ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye measure, and with what measure ye measure, it shall be measured to you again. It shall be measured to you again. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye? And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye? But consider not the beam that is in thine own eye. But consider not the beam that is in thine own eye. Or wilt thou say to thy brother, Let me pull the moat out of thine eye. And behold, a beam is in thine own eye. You hypocrite! You hypocrite! First cast the beam out of thine own eye. First cast the beam out of thine own eye. And then shalt thou see clearly. And then shalt thou see clearly. To cast the mote out of thy brother's eye. The next is from Reverend Ike, the 15th chapter and the 7th verse. It's really an affirmation. It's an esoteric affirmation. You will have to feel the spirit of this. Repeat it after me. Shout it after me. I see myself. I see myself. Everyone. Everyone. And everything. And everything. Honestly. Honestly. Lovingly. Lovingly. And divinely. Going to say it again. I see myself. I see myself. Everyone. And everything. Honestly. Lovingly. And divinely. It is an interesting thing how the mind works. It fascinates me more and more the more I learn about it. And as a matter of fact, the burden of the scriptures is to show us how the mind works. The universal mind as well as the individualized mind in us and as us. The mind is a judge. This lesson was given to me about two weeks ago when I caught my mind just automatically making judgment. And the more you learn, it's good when you can catch your mind in its action so that you can evaluate and analyze it to see if the judgments that you are making are positive. Because, ladies and gentlemen, the judgments that you make about others are going to confront you in and as your experience. I'm going to have you write that down, and I'm going to put it in the first person. Repeat it after me. The judgments that I make about other people and things will confront me in and as my own experience. Now, sometimes an individual mind can become so busy making judgments that the person won't realize how judgmental they have become. I'm talking about myself first. I want you to stop. Study yourself in the action of your mind. Watch it and see how fast your mind starts making judgments about people. I mean, the mind goes to work on somebody right away. Oh, yeah, he's this. He's, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
She's the, yes, 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 she is. You can tell by the color of his eyes. Look at that. Yeah, and look at her. You can tell, look at the way she's walking. You can yes, uh huh. And what is he doing out here this time of night? See, uh, the mind is a judge. Say that. The mind is a judge. Say it again. The mind is a when Jesus says judge not here, it means don't make negative judgments because we're told in another place to what judge righteous judgment. Now, I caught my mind just running down judgments on somebody. And may I tell you this, it doesn't matter if your judgments are factual. If they are negative, they're still going to confront you in and as your experience. It may be a fact that that person you're judging is a rascal and no good and dishonest. All of those may be facts. But you see what happens when you begin to judge those negative facts, they become your thought. And as a man thinks, so is he. That's the law. I heard some preachers on, a, on an evangelistic television program not too long ago, and they had some interesting discussions, and they said that they noticed that whatever sins they preached about on Sunday, they were usually tempted by those sins that week. <laughs> I won't tell you who it is now, but somebody who works in one of my offices tells about uh, what her former pastor, who was so very religious and preaching against sin, hellfire and brimstone, everybody was wrong and everything was wrong, and he even carried a Bible on a string hung around his neck. I never heard that, of that before. He preached about sin and hellfire and brimstone and ended up running off with the piano player. Judge not, for with the same judgment that you judge, you shall be judged again. When I first came to New York, uh, an older preacher said to me, Son, you watch these preachers always preaching about adultery and fornication. So that's just what their problem is. <laughs> you can tell what, what sin is eating a preacher by what he preaches against all the time. So you make a hobby horse out of going around condemning, even if it's a fact. You have preoccupied your mind with that, and it's going to get you. Leave it alone. I figure that if you take up all of your time trying to keep your nose clean and your business straight, you probably won't have any time left to meddle anybody else's sin. You've probably got enough of your own to contend with. And get busy seeing yourself correctly. Get busy seeing yourself as a child of God. And when you get busy seeing yourself as a child of God, then you'll be able to see others as children of God. The pop song says, take a look at yourself, and then you can see others differently. Get busy. And when I caught my mind a couple of weeks ago when I put this lesson was given to me, just caught the mind, just making judgment. I said, oh, stop. I see myself. You see, you must always begin with yourself. Because I'm going to tell you something. You recognize every judgment is really in some way a self-judgment. You couldn't see it in me if it wasn't in you. Well, and I'm going to read this quotation from Reverend Ike and have you repeat it after me. We despise in others. What we hate in ourselves. Certain things about people irritate us. They irritate us because it's really way, way down in us. So anytime you get irritated and aggravated with other people, it's a signal to you to clean up your stuff. So instead of passing judgments and, hey, what is this that I need to clean up? Say that with me. What is this that I need to clean up? Say it again. What is this that I need to clean up? See, the mind has a way of outpicturing what's way, way down there, but so many times you won't recognize it. Again, I quote that scripture from Reverend Ike's tape, Tricks of the Subconscious Mind. It says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. You see, many times when we see ourselves out there, we don't recognize ourselves. And I quote again the subject of Reverend Ike's mystic lecture, I meet no one but me. Say that. I meet no one but me. There is something of ourselves in everyone. This is why we are told 
not to be judgmental and unloving toward others, not so much for their sakes, but for our sakes. You see, because here again, the person that you can't forgive is really not another person that you can't forgive. It's yourself that you're refusing to forgive. Wow. To refuse to forgive another is to refuse to forgive myself. Say it. Now, I want to say it in another way so that you can see what you're doing. Inability to forgive another is inability to forgive myself. Say it. Uh-oh. Now, mark this on your notes so that you can work on yourself with this this week. If there is somebody that you have not yet been able to forgive, that is a signal to you that you have not yet been able to forgive yourself. There are special seminars, it's very interesting now, where they take people all the way back into their past and have them forgive everybody, have them forgive their mother and their father, the ones that have even passed on. When you really get into that subterranean area of the, of the subconscious mind, you find a lot of stuff down there that the conscious mind didn't even know about. That, that's been doing you dirt. That's where all the bad luck is. And all of the little hurts and aggravations that you receive from time to time, you've got to forgive all that stuff for your sake. And your ability to forgive is a mirror and a measure of your ability to be forgiven. Now, if you find yourself unable to forgive or holding on to things that happen to you, it's a signal that you are a hard forgiver. No, I can't forgive them. I've left all they did to me. Oh, but if you can only see what you're doing to yourself, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. This is why there have been many documented cases where people never got healed, either spiritually, mentally, or physically, until they forgave. In one of his early books, Dr. Norman Vincent Peale tells of a man that died of grudgeitis. He had a long-standing grudge against somebody, and he just wouldn't turn it loose, and it had killed him dead. He still wouldn't forgive. I mean, some people are like that. I, it's not that you're really hard on other people. You're hard on yourself. And when you see a person that's so, trying to be so hard on everybody else, you know why it is? Because they're hard on themselves. And you see sometimes what they call a bigoty person that tries to go pushing and shoving other people around. The real truth is that subconsciously, that's a very scared person. It's a very afraid and a very inferior person. And so they're trying to bluff their way through. Judge not that you be not judged. Be careful how you go around. And I want you to watch your mind this week to see how it starts making judgment. That's why the mind has to be brought under control. We have to become as Jesus, master. And this is why Jesus is called master. Because he was at that point of mastery, self-mastery, mind mastery. So again, let's repeat this affirmation. I see myself. Everyone and everything, honestly, lovingly, and divinely. And even when factually it doesn't look like that, you keep making that righteous judgment. Keep making that righteous judgment. Just keep making that righteous judgment. And keep repeating that righteous judgment to the mind. Jesus says, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye. Then shalt thou see clearly. You see, we must always begin with ourselves. Always begin with ourselves. And here's what Reverend Ike says, repeated after me. When I see myself clearly and correctly, then I see everyone and everything clearly and correctly. And now... There's a beautiful illustration from the biblical illustrator that I enjoyed this illustration and I want to share it with you, Edith Solomon. A little boy once went home to his mother and said, Mother, sister and I were out in the garden and we were calling about and there was some boy mocking us. How do you mean, Johnny? said his mother. Why, said the child. I was calling out, Ho! And this boy said, Ho! So I said to him, Who are you? And he answered, Who are you? And I said, What's your name? And he said, 
What is your name? And I said to him, Why don't you show yourself? And he said, Show yourself. And I jumped over the ditch. All right. How everybody doing tonight? I want to welcome everybody to the Brown Bay Show. Um, hope everybody had a great weekend. Um, I've been off for a little while. Um, just, I've been working, but to be honest with you, it's not an excuse. I just, you know, kind of procrastinating a little bit. You know what I'm saying? It's funny how you get, you, you like they say, you're your own worst enemy <clears throat> when it comes to doing stuff. It's like, um, you know, um, I guess, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but whatever. It's all good. I'm up, I'm up here now, so, you know what I'm saying, we're going to work with what we got. You know what I'm saying? So that's what it is. I want to give a big shout-out to Akeem. You know what I'm saying? Without me listening to Akeem, I'd probably, you know what I'm saying, would stop pushing. And it's, it's crazy how, listen, I asked Akeem, look, I want to do a show, you know what I'm saying, but it's crazy how, you know, sometimes it's, I, and I thought it was so easy, but it's kind of hard to get up here and talk about, you know, just talk about, you know, whatever, and try to really emulate Akeem, really, but I've I've been thinking about it, and I know I never can emulate him. Hopefully one day I'll be in the position I could do that, but for now, I just got to do me, you know what I'm saying? And like he said, and he always gave me the, the, the utmost respect when he mentioned my show and this, that, and the third, so evidently he seen something in me to, in me to drive him to let me even do it. So I got to, I got to give it my best on the other side of that, as far as you know me, <clears throat> and and I respect him a lot because I could just imagine what he go go through as far as doing the shows and whatnot and all the people cluttering and clouding him and what I don't even know if I can handle that right now. You know how you say, all the things you want, if you could just get it right now, could you really handle it? You know what I'm saying? And if you really be honest with yourself, it'll be really hard to do that. But at the end of the day, I want to, like I said, give a big shout-out to Akeem and all the rest of the hosts of the shows. You know what I'm saying? They're doing a great job. I be going back listening to the old shows, (laughs) you know, and I try to keep up with the shows and everybody. And I think everybody's doing a commendable job. And, you know, and that's really what pushed me to keep on going myself, you know what I'm saying, because I know it only gets better. You know what I'm saying? It's it's like breaking old habits, you know what I'm saying? It's kind of hard, but, you know, just you move on and, you know, keep working, keep pushing, and, you know, you break through. Like if you keep hitting that wall with a hammer, you're gonna eventually break through. As long as you, the only way you don't break through is you don't if you stop hitting. But as long as you pushing, something gonna give. Pressure bus pipes. <clears throat> That's why I always remember we used to say that. But um, you know, just I've been great. You know what I'm saying? Everything going good. Well, it is and it ain't. You know what I'm saying? Some things. You know, we have things that happen. I guess to make us think that, you know, just kind of give us a little doubt, but at the end of the day, everything happened for a reason, I guess. Um, I've been really, you know, good with my food truck, and really, kind of because I haven't been on, because I kind of got a new spot, and I, I usually didn't work on Monday, but now, it's like, I don't, I really don't get off to seven, but today I left at five, just so I could do the show, and make sure I, you know, really, you know, I just really wanted to you know, talk today and just, you know, give a little insight on myself. I didn't really plan nothing, but I'm going to talk about something, you know what I'm saying, at the end. But at the end of the day, it's like, you know, you know, you keep pushing. When you're trying to do good, it seems like it's always, you know, something bad. Like, but, you know, like I said, you just got to keep pushing and, you know, you'll break through. It's just like everything else, you know what I'm saying? It ain't really never been a problem. It always, always things happen, but, you know, it seems like now when I'm just trying to turn myself around, it seems like everything else is like, it's like Akeem said, when you try to do right, you know, everybody else, just the people that was closest to you that really ain't on the same thing you on, they'll be the main ones that kind of like, I ain't going to say they, they let you down, but, you know, you kind of be, it's like <clears throat> with your kids, you don't be you be mad, but it, it's more of a disappointment type thing, especially, you know, when you know the background between you and them and, you know, what you would consider you would do for somebody else, you know what I'm saying, and, you know, turn around and it'd be a different story when, it, you know, when the, when the rubber hit the highway, 
I say it like, but you know, it is what it is. It's just a, another obstacle that, you know what I'm saying, like a hurdle. I got to jump it and keep it moving. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I don't know. But at the end of the day, it is what it is. And like I said, I hope everybody had a great weekend. And um, I just want to talk about tonight, just really about court, just going to court, you know what I'm saying? And really, to be honest with you, when I first started going to court, it it really the I had the same feeling. It's like the first time I got on the radio. I had the same feeling, like that little feeling inside. Like I, I was, I, I it was like nervousness. You know what I'm saying? And probably yo, I still be kind of sort of when I go there now. But I kind of know the whatever I gotta do, I gotta do it. I just do it. You know what I'm saying? Without you know hesitation. Because I at the beginning when I started the thing with the court and represent myself in court, I had to make a choice whether I was going to get a lawyer or I was going to do it myself, but it was my first time. So I was <clears throat> kind of, you know, how you have the little jitters, like, oh, is this going to work? You know what I'm saying? So when I first went, I don't know. I, don't, I never got a lawyer. I never did the um, court appointed lawyer, any of that. I just went in and um, I told him I, well, I was going to represent myself. I had to sign a little paper and whatnot to let them know I didn't want counsel and, then they started coming at me with, oh, you know how much, because I had a previous record. So at the end of the day, um, I did just come in, kept coming at me with a plea and da-da-da. If you, know, you, if you go to trial, da-da-da, you're going to get this and that and there, but by your record, do-do-do, whatever. So at the end of the day, I had, I had made a, a constant decision with myself that I'm, I'm going to have to, after I do this, and I say I'm representing myself, then i got to, you know, take it to the limit. But at the end of the day, I knew that I would I would be willing to whatever the material stuff I got to just get what I had to get to get this information so I could do this for myself and you know do going through seminars and I came and you know back then the other the other person his partner of the time but you know this is kind of where I got my roots you know what I'm saying from them. So, but at the end of the day, it is what it is, like I said about that, but <clears throat> just the whole court thing, you know what I'm saying, for you people who, you know, may be fresh and you got to go to court, I mean, you know, it's just, it works, man. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm talking to you, aren't I? And you know what I'm saying, uh, I did a lot of stuff like then, you know what I'm saying, um, um, the main thing I think helped me <clears throat> the most was just um, don't consent to anything. Anything you sign, you got to put reserve your, all your rights down, and you know what I'm saying, and and you know what I'm saying. But you know what I'm saying, like right now, you know the new thing is the um, the name. But at the end of the day, still you want to rebut all the, rebut everything, you know what I'm saying, and you know what I'm saying, say still no jurisdiction, and you, you know what I'm saying because they don't got no they don't got no witnesses, you know what I'm saying. When you lay down the Constitution on them, you know what I'm saying? It, it, at the from the beginning though, with the name thing, it kills all that. That's jurisdiction in itself. You know what I'm saying? But some of you who up not up on that, you know what I'm saying? The long way is uh, you know, get your birth certificate. Well, everybody needs to get their birth certificate authenticated. I think next week that'll be my show. I'm gonna you know break down that. Cause it's been a while since probably any new people heard about um, authenticating their birth certificate. But um, yeah, just rebut everything, and you know what I'm saying. Back then, I put the whole Constitution in. When I really could have did the Bill of Rights, probably would probably would have you know shortened it up a little bit. But I dropped the whole North Carolina Constitution on them, and you know a lot of other things. The, the, my birth certificate, and and like I said, I denied everything. And I did a, like an affidavit of truth, and I asked for a, a trial, jury trial, according to the Constitution. I put a lot of constitutional stuff in there. You know what I'm saying? And the, like, you know what I'm saying? I can't say is the most important thing, you know what I'm saying, for everybody to learn, you know, get familiar with anyway, is their state constitution. No matter what state you're in, you need to, you know, learn their constitution because that constitution, that's what protects all your rights. And it, it's not a privilege. Those are rights that you have. The Constitution don't give you rights. It just protects them on paper. But you already have these rights. But the Constitution just makes it, it stronger for you. You know what I'm saying? Because 
all these people you fighting against, they signed the oath. They say they're going to uphold this Constitution. If they got to uphold it, at least you see the, need to know what they need, what they supposed to uphold. And, you know what I'm saying, they're violating your rights by not upholding this Constitution. But if you don't even understand the Constitution, then you're going to get violated. You know what I'm saying? Because if you don't know your rights, you don't got no rights. You know what I'm saying? And that's where I, I feel like us, we fall short. Man, I, I feel like I was so fortunate to come into this information. I went to prison and started studying the more science thing. And when I came home, my cousin, he from New Jersey, and, you know, we always used to build together and everything. But when I came home, he put me on this, on Akeem and them, because he said, gee, one of the guys, he said he in your area. Like, he was in North Carolina, like, real close. But Akeem, I think he lived in Warsaw then at the time, out there way somewhere. So in Charlotte, anyway. But anyway, yeah, so I kind of, start digging into this because when I was like locked up with the more science thing, it was like limited information. You know, you only this stuff is old because they don't really get in nothing new. You can't even see them. You know what I'm saying? Unless somebody off the street, maybe they go out or something, but still their information is still vague stuff they got. But at the end of the day, wait, like 2013, 14, maybe, maybe 15 at the latest when I really start diving into it real hard. So, you know what I'm saying? I've been doing it for a while, you know what I'm saying? And like I said, I know if I didn't have this information, and it might be crazy what I'm going to say, but when I went, I got locked up, it really took me the time to sit back to get some information. Because if I would have just been wilding out in there, I wouldn't have even got that information that I got too get this information because it kind of made me more curious when I hit the streets I know I can get more information but at the end of the day I look back and say from then to now I mean if I didn't have information I'd be locked up they don't even know if hands or but about it I'd be gone so I appreciate the information you know what I'm saying and I appreciate the guidance in me to guide me to the information you know what I'm saying? And it's just, it's crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, when I look back. And, I, and also, when I look at the people around me, it's like, I got it. And they see it, but they don't want it. They want it when they something happened to them, but still, it's too late to get it then. Because it's like, I don't, I can't, you know what I'm saying? I can do you some paperwork, but what's going on? What you can do it, mate? It's just going to be a waste of my time. But if you want to pay me to do your paperwork, I'll do it for you. But at the end of the day, if you ain't willing to sit down and, and, and you know, get your head together, you're going to go in there and stumble and fall because you're going to be scared. You ain't never did this before. What you used to do is pay a lawyer and let him talk, and you just sit back and whisper in his ear, whatever, da, da, da. But at the end of the day, when you got to go in there and stand on your own two feet and represent yourself as a grown man, listen, the hardest street thug, they couldn't even pull it off. I don't care what you say. I know, I know. <clears throat> but at the end of the day, it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Everybody get their time. Everybody, <clears throat> you know, get what they get. Because I, I could say, if I would have had this information 20 years ago, I would have saved myself from a lot of things. But at the end of the day, 20 years ago, I know the information was there. But I wasn't in the right place to get it. Obviously, because I guess you, you get what you get when it's time for you to get it. You know what I'm saying? So when you get something positive, you trying to do positive things. But, you know, I, I can remember myself 20 years ago and nothing was positive that I was doing. So I wasn't even close to getting it. But when you try to change your life, you know what I'm saying, more things will come. I mean, you'll drop off a lot of the old stuff that you thought was important. It's got to go. When you lose one thing, I guess you take on three other things that was a whole lot better anyway. You know what I'm saying, as far as your longevity and your happiness and your well-being and all that. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> and it'd be a lot of times pride, even with guys and girls. Everybody got their pride. You know what I'm saying? And I've seen pride hurt a lot of, you know, good relationships. Because everybody want to, uh, you know, everybody want to, I don't know. But that's, that's what it is. 
but you know, I guess everybody get over there. Everybody, you know, how to know how to handle that. And even the the people that's trying to be conscious, it's I, I tell, listen, can you imagine how hard it is just to I guess you just gotta separate yourself from certain people because if you just imagine just sitting around people and just how they talk. You know what I'm saying? About just crazy stuff like I remember I stopped going to the barber shop because what they talk about in the barber shop. No disrespect, okay. I know he's on the barbershops, and he know exactly what I'm talking about. Yo, they sit in the barbershop and argue about the craziest stuff, like <clears throat> how much points Jordan scored, or how much money Jay Z got, or uh, who won a Grammy award in uh, eight nineteen ninety five, or crazy shit like that. But <clears throat> it's crazy. It's just how people waste their time on stuff that really don't matter. You know what I'm saying? Man, I ain't down to nobody, but, you know, because like I said, everybody, time come. You know what I'm saying? But I just wish people would just realize that how life, how short life really is. You know what I'm saying? And the crazy thing about it, if you really think about it, it's like everybody who living, right, all our time ticking at the same pace. It's like nobody ain't, you can't say, I say I can't say I got more time than you, and you can't say you got more time than me because you a little kid or because you a grown man or whatever, whatever it is, what it is. We just seen with this corona, so-called corona thing. Listen, in my life, I'm 53. My birthday actually was last week, January 23rd. I turned 53. Um, in the 2020 year, yeah. How many people that I could touch and feel that passed away? It's crazy. You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, I know. But it's like that all the time. It's just people you can't touch and feel. But I kind of, it's like everybody around me felt it. Because not even being the same people that I know, just people that they know too. One of my good friends, <clears throat> my man Black, <clears throat> me and him grew up together. Everybody think we brothers from whatever. I got three brothers by my mother that they don't even know about the street people. They don't know about if I see certain people, they'll be like, yo, G, what's up with your brother? I know that they're talking about black. But anyway, me and him grew up together. His birthday was three days after mine. He was like a year younger than me, though. And his his pops just passed, like, matter of fact, Friday. And, and it's crazy because me and black being together since we were 16, 17, running around, hanging out, bro, he... I remember he used to say this. See, my daddy ain't never did nothing for me. He said, yo, I don't got enough love for that nigga. This when we were young, though. So his pop passed. I remember his pop got sick. He used to go see him. You know what I'm saying? Because now after we got older, he said, see, man, I'm a grown man. He said, I just want to know my pop, whatever, da-da-da. So uh, his pop passed. He called me um, Friday. No, he called me Saturday morning. He told me his pop had passed the night before. And he was like, gee, man, he was like, yo, I ain't never think this. He said, I ain't never think this shit was going to affect me like this. He said, it kind of, you know, he he, you know, he shed the tears and everything. He cried. But like I told him, I said, bro, you, you grown man. Then you just, you just, now you over the stuff. Like when you was a child, you looking for certain things that other little kids got. Did your daddy one day for maybe some stuff like football game. Other kids got their dad there or whatever. All of that stuff don't matter when you get to be a grown man. It's just love. And that's your father. He fathered you. No matter what he did them long time ago, you don't never know how your mother did, whatever. We we don't know. But at the end of the day, it's crazy how people' feelings change. You know, but it was at the end. But at the end of the day, it's still like <clears throat> he kind of, you know, his whole thing changed for his dad, for, you know, I don't know, whatever the whatever the reason was. I mean, you know, it is what it is. But it's his, his pops, like I said, his love, no matter what. Because a lot of people don't know who their pops was, and a lot of people don't got no pops might have passed long before they even know about a pop. So at least he knew who his father was all the years. But like I, he said, his pop ain't never did nothing for him, but he knew who his pop was, no matter what. You know, and they used to see each other or whatever, but at the end of the day, it's still about the love. And it's the most important thing. I'm listening. I came in the background. It's crazy. But, um, yeah, the love, man, it's the most important, man. That we should give the love now while we can, not wait till somebody pass away and then, you know, they all, y'all going crazy or whatever, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, 
the love is now. The love is real. We live in minute by minute. We ain't promised tomorrow and next day, next week, all of that. The people who are close to you, love them now. Don't wait till tomorrow because tomorrow might don't come. But anyway, um, as far as the shows go, we got Arcane. Tuesday, Wednesday we got Jessica, no, we got Beth on Tuesday, the homeschool show. And on Thursday we got the Divine Connection show with Deja, Jessica and Deja. Yeah, and um, this is my show for tonight. Unless I've got some hands up, um, I'm going to play a little Reverend and Ike, and I guess I'll see y'all next Monday. The study at this time is titled Developing Your Power of Knowing. Let's put that in the first person and let's say together Developing My Power of Knowing. And of course, this lesson represents Philip, the fifth disciple of Jesus. Jesus, the God-conscious mind. Jesus, the master mind. And this is one in a series of the study titled, Jesus and the Twelve Disciples, representative of you and the twelve disciplines of your mind, are the twelve attributes functions, qualities, or faculties of your mind. It is well that we do some introductory discussion and definition at the beginning of this particular lesson, since we are talking about Jesus and the twelve disciples as you and the twelve disciplines, attributes, qualities, of faculties of your mind. I trust that the world of organized Christianity will soon discover who Jesus is. I trust that the theologians will soon discover Jesus. For Jesus is not just a theological figure or a historical figure. Jesus is what's happening within me right here, right now. Together, Jesus is what's happening within me right here, right now. For you see, Jesus is that God-conscious mind within you. Jesus is that mind in you which is aware, which knows who and what you are in God and who and what God is in you. Jesus is the mastermind in you. And I'll tell you something, you don't really find Jesus, you don't really find the Christ until you find Jesus, until you find the Christ within your own being. You cannot find the Christ without. You can only find the Christ within. Any outer Christ is a false Christ. Say that with me. Any outer Christ is a false Christ. And even the Master Jesus told his disciples this. He said, if men will say, go over there or go over there because Christ is over there, Christ is over here, our Christ is out there. Don't go. That's somewhere around the seventh chapter of St. Matthew. That's right. If somebody says, well, you know, Christ is over here. And the denominations are good at that. The preachers and the evangelists are good at that. They will put you through changes. Oh, come over here. We're the only ones with the truth. Oh, no, no, no. We're the only ones with the truth. Oh, no. Come over here. We're the only true church. 
And they come on one right behind the other on the radio and the television with their different Christ, with their different concepts of Jesus. But again, I wish to repeat, and this is the acid test, any outer Christ is a false Christ. What did I say? And you know, the expression come to Christ means to come to the knowledge that Christ is in you. Come to the knowledge that God is in you. And if you have found a Christ anywhere except within your own being, I'm glad to tell you it's the wrong one. Go not my soul in search for him. You will not find him there in realms above and realms beneath are in the upper air. If someone says, come and let's go and see Christ. He's over here. He's over there. He said, don't you even go. And these are the words of Jesus at St. Luke, the 17th chapter in the 20th verse. Read it to us. And when he was demanded of the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God cometh not with observation. Neither shall they say, Lo here or lo there, for behold, the kingdom of God is within you. And he said unto the disciples, The day will come when ye shall desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and ye shall not see it. And they shall say to you, See here or see there, go not after them, nor follow them. All right. The kingdom of God. The whole kingdom of God is where? Within you. So we must make it clear in this study that when I say Jesus, when I say Christ, I am talking about something completely different from what organized Christianity is talking about. And yes, I confess that I am not preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ according to organized Christianity. Organized Christianity in general does not know Jesus are the gospel. Anyone who preaches or teaches an outer Christ does not know the Christ. Now that we have better identified the Christ as the God in you, the divinity in you, the God conscious mind in you, let us go on to define what we're talking about even more definitely when we mention the 12 disciples of Jesus. The twelve disciples of Jesus are not just those twelve boys that followed Jesus around. If you think that the twelve disciples of Jesus were just those twelve fellows that followed Jesus around, then you don't even know them. The twelve disciples of Jesus are twelve functions of mind within your very being. Ladies and gentlemen, the whole Bible is a book about you. And again, you don't have the slightest idea. You are not even in position to approach the Bible and its interpretation until you have that basic understanding. Dr. John Bachman has a beautiful book with a beautiful title, The Bible as the Story of You. And the Bible is the revelation of you. All of the events, all of the characters, all of the places in the Bible represent aspects of you, aspects of your consciousness, aspects of your being. And the 12 disciples represent your 12 faculties of mind. 12 is a very mystic number, as each number is mystic as far as that is concerned. 12, we find in the Bible as the 12 sons of Jacob, the 12 tribes of Israel, the 12 gates to the holy city, which represents 12 avenues or 12 gates of learning. And the 12 disciples represent this because you must teach all of the 12 faculties of your mind. The 12 faculties of your mind must be taught, must be trained, must be called, must be commissioned. And so this business of Jesus and the 12 disciples says to you that you must become master of your mind and affairs. It's not enough 
just simply to think of Jesus historically as the master. You must become the master in your mind and affairs. And I want to be redundant in pointing out that the 12 disciples of Jesus represent the 12 faculties of your mind, the 12 attributes of your being, which you must disciple, which you must discipline, which you must train to serve your good purposes, to serve your God purposes. Now, this is a job that you must do. And if you do not teach, train, and discipline the attributes of your mind, the faculties of your being, to serve your good purposes, your God purposes, they will disserve you. So this is not an optional job at all. This is something that you must do. And that's very interesting. Now, the disciple Philip, the discipline of mind represented by the disciple of Jesus called Philip, represents the quality of power, the power of the word, power of expression. And the work of the disciple Philip is to know and to understand the oneness and relationship of the Father and the Son. I am and its expressions, cause and effect, the thought and the thing. Knowing this gives the power of expression, the power of manifestation, the power of demonstration. And now I'm about to read to you from the Gospel of St. John, the 14th chapter, the 7th through the 14th verses, a very interesting encounter between Jesus and the disciple Philip. These are the words of Jesus. If you had known me, you should have known my Father also. And from henceforth, you know him and have seen him. Philip said unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be sufficient for us. Jesus said unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet you have not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And how can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwells in me does the works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very works' sake. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. A very interesting encounter between Jesus and this particular discipline of the mind represented by Philip, his disciple. Philip is that disciple, that disciplined quality of mind, who has the knowledge and the power to demonstrate, to manifest, and to express the desired good. Now, this is interesting, and I don't want you to think of this as something theological or something abstract. So I'm going to put this in the first person so that you may appropriate it. Philip is that disciplined quality of my mind who has the knowledge and power to demonstrate, to manifest, and to express the desired good. So repeat this affirmation after me. There is this within my being. Which has the knowledge and the power to demonstrate, to manifest the good that I desire. And you see, that's Philip. 
That is your disciple, Philip. But Philip has to be taught, Philip has to be trained, Philip has to be raised to discipleship. That is discipline. And then raised to apostleship. And when Philip becomes a disciple or becomes disciplined and is raised to apostleship, man, are you ever going to get good results. Because an apostle is a spiritual officer who is in charge of important spiritual matters. And you see, when you get all of the disciplines of your mind disciplined, raised to discipleship, and then to apostleship, all 12 of those fellows will be working for you and with you instead of against you. And this is the whole aim of this study of Jesus and the 12 disciples as you and the 12 faculties of your mind. So that you can identify and discipline the 12 faculties of your mind to work together harmoniously for you. And I want to underline this and repeat it again. Make no mistake about it, ladies and gentlemen, if you do not come to know yourself and the attributes of your being so that you may discipline them and put them to work harmoniously to serve you, they are very definitely going to disserve you. They will be like a disorderly mob and keep you and your affairs mixed up. Now you know who's crossing you up. You have not called your disciples. You have not trained and disciplined your disciples. See, the preacher never told you this. The theologians never told you about this. They didn't know. They still don't know. They have churches and shrines to the apostles and so on. But they don't have the slightest idea what the disciples and the apostles really mean. The disciples and the apostles, again, are not historical figures. They are not statues on the wall. But they are living living entities within your own being that you must discipline, teach, train, and you must know them and what their offices are. So let's go back to Philip again for a moment. Philip is that disciple, that disciplined quality of mind within me who has the knowledge and the power to demonstrate, to manifest, and to express the good that I desire. I'm going to have you repeat this after me again because I want you to identify this disciple. This is your disciple. This is one of the faculties that God placed within your being to work with you and for you, for your desired good. You know, it's a beautiful thing when you really know yourself. You'll see that God has already given you everything that you need. All you have to do is to know it and to take it and put it to work. No wonder that over the door of the temple at Adelphi are the immortal words, Man, know thyself. Say that. Man, know thyself. Again, man, know thyself. Now call your first name and say, Know thyself. Come on. Frederick, know thyself. You see, the thing is, people are too busy knowing other things knowing what the unemployment rate is, and then you become a part of it. You see, everything that becomes a part of your consciousness must become a part of your experience. You specialize in keeping up with the unemployment rate. See what happens. You specialize in knowing how hard money is to get, and it'll get harder to get than hen's teeth. Man, know thyself. And so you see this study about Jesus and the 12 disciples is really self-study. It may seem novel to you. Some of you have known about this. We've had these courses here in this institute before, and a few of you took these courses. But there are some of you who perhaps had no idea that Jesus and the 12 disciples really dealt with you and the faculties of your being. Is there anybody here who did not know that before? Come on, let's confess. Never heard that in church, did you? Preachers didn't tell you. They don't know. You can't teach what you don't know. <laughs> Sister Alman has a very beautiful thing she says about if you know and if you don't know. How does that go? If you know, teach. If you don't know, learn. 
each one reach one, and each one teach one. All right, so we can only teach what we know. And if we don't know, we should what? Learn. And then when we learn, we can teach others. We can communicate that knowledge. But first of all, man, know thyself. It just thrills me to no end in thinking about the disciple Philip here to understand what the disciple Philip means. It means that I have within my being the knowledge and the power to demonstrate the good that I desire. Let's make it a prayer again. Let's say it as an affirmation again. I have within me the knowledge and the power to demonstrate the good that I desire. Come on. Now, I want you to talk to yourself. Now, I'm a great believer in talking to yourself, not out on the street. They will lock you up. As a matter of fact, that's one of my favorite ways of praying, talking to myself. Now, you see, that's Philip. You have within you the knowledge and the power to demonstrate the good that you desire. And as my Dutch cousins would say, I have some more wonderful good news for you. You, ladies and gentlemen, have everything within you that you will ever need or could ever need throughout eternity. You are equipped for eternity with all that you will ever need and more. Wow. And I want you to know that once you discipline the functions of your mind, they will serve you eternally in this world and the world to come and in worlds to come without end. But I want to make you aware, ladies and gentlemen, that each person being divine has a job to do and you can't get around it. And that is to discipline the faculties of your being and you're going to suffer until you do. That's why the Master Jesus said, I must be about my Father's business. You see, because all of this is a part of the Father's business. Disciplining the faculties of being. Disciplining the faculties of mind. All of this is included in the Father's business. Just as a child comes into the world and must be taught, trained, and disciplined, so must the faculties of your mind be taught, trained, and disciplined. Every great musician, for example, had that possibility within him when he was born. But if he did not discipline that possibility of musicianship, it would not have come forth. Is that correct? You are born with the music in you. What are you going to do with it? There's a pop song that says, life is a song worth singing, so sing it. And it is never a case that we don't have what we need. It's just that sometimes a man will not know that he already has what he needs. And the Master Jesus said this also, you shall know. Ginoski from the original Greek. Ginoski or Ginoski, depending upon which province of Greece you're from. Meaning to know. You shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. And this truth that we are to know is not a theological truth, a religious truth, a truth of creed, a doctrine, a dogma. The truth that you shall know that makes you free is the truth about you. The truth about who and what you are in God and who and what God is in you. All right, let's get busy with Philip. Jesus said in teaching Philip, he that hath seen me hath seen the Father. Whoever sees the Son sees the Father. It means that when you see an effect, you may know the nature of the cause by the nature of the effect. For example, prosperous affairs are fathered by prosperous thinking. Prosperous affairs are fathered by prosperous thinking. And so when you see prosperous affairs, you know who the daddy is. Prosperity. <laughs> like father, like son. I and my father are one. That is the cause and the effect 
the thought and the thing are of the same nature. Now, Philip must understand this, to have power. Once you understand this, you have power to demonstrate. You have power to manifest. Because right away, if it's prosperity you're looking for, that knowledge gives you power. Okay, I have the knowledge that prosperous thinking makes prosperous affairs. Then you know what to do. What do you do? You get busy with prosperous thinking. Unfortunately, sometimes people try to have prosperous action without prosperous thinking. That's why you'll see some people working two or three jobs and barely scrape by. They stay one step behind.